0: Hey, everybody, this very special bonus episode, like all the others, is brought to you by our loyal and generous PayPal and Patreon family. If you, too, would like to join their ranks, go to dollamore.com slash PayPal or dollamore.com slash Patreon. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with All Alright, welcome to this very special bonus episode brought to you by our Patreon and PayPal family. I'm your host, Jesse Dallimore, as always. And sitting across from me, that lady that you all know and love, and I'm running out of shit to say about... Brittany Page.
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's just the... the the. First of all, it's early morning right now. It is. Yeah, I'm only on my second cup of coffee. Uh-huh. And as much of a morning guy as I am, it, uh, you know, it's... Uh, the
1: brain is a little slow to, to perk up. A little cobwebby. Yeah.
0: Plus, we got a goddamn chainsaw guy right outside the studio window. We do. You know, it's California. Yeah. So... There's always lawn mowing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Christmas Day, lawn mowing. Yeah. Middle of the winter? I guess that is middle of the winter. Oh, it's the beginning. Anyway, <laughs> what we're going to hear to talk about today, as you can tell from the title of the episode, is post-truth politics. Mm-hmm. I'm not a real fan of that term because it's either people are liars or... I don't think it's post-truth. I, I don't even really understand it. But on the, the phone, on Skype... We have professor from the Ohio State University, and I'll refrain from giving him shit about that, the Ohio State, like there's another Ohio State, Gleb Sapersky, who has a pledge for post-truth politics and... uh, The pro-truth pledge. That's right. He wants people to take it, and we have some questions for him about it. So I'm just going to go with Gleb, if that's okay with you. How yeah, are you?
2: Totally okay. I am great. Thanks, Jesse. Thank and thanks, Brittany, for having me on the show.
0: Of course. So, to you, because I am not a fan of, of the term, what is mm-hmm. post-truth politics? Well, post-truth politics
2: is was selected by the Oxford Dictionary as word of the year for 2016 to describe the situation that has been occurring recently. And the definition of post-truth politics, as defined by Oxford Dictionary, is a state of politics, uh, usually in democratic societies, where appeals to emotion and personal beliefs predominate over appeals to objective facts. So basically, it's where politicians who appeal to emotions and who use lies and deceptions and say, I believe whatever I believe and you should too, and don't care about the facts, they win. That's what post truth politics is all about, according to Oxford Dictionary.
0: Yeah. So, of course, that would that embodies the entire Donald Trump campaign and what he's done relative to the wall and fear mongering yep. about Im- uh, immigrants and refugees. So, you you have proposed this post or this pro truth pledge. Again, cobwebs. You'll have to fucking bear with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the purpose of which is to change the incentive structure for public figures. Mm -hmm. And this is the part I have a lot of questions about establishing rewards for truth oriented activities and penalties Mm -hmm. and penalties for sharing misinformation as informed by behavioral science research.
2: That's exactly correct. And your uh, audience can check it out at Protruthpledge.org, and I encourage everyone to sign it. It's at protruthpledge.org. The goal, again, so as a professor of behavioral science, and I run a nonprofit, I'm the volunteer president of a nonprofit, Intentional Insights, who's at intentionalinsights.org, whose goal is to popularize behavior science for a broad audience. So, how we behave, and how we think, and how we feel, and in order to create a better world. So, we've been looking at how to do this in the political arena because we think this is the biggest danger for our world in the that has become the biggest danger, like you said, with the campaign. But Donald Trump campaigns also, we're an international nonprofit. So looking at things like Brexit, which was also full of lies and deceptions from the leave side of the Brexit campaign. So things like this, we decided that this is the biggest area that we need to focus on. And so we were looking at what to do. And the pro-truth pledges what we came up with as our main area of activities, as a strategy informed by behavioral science. That would change the incentives for politicians, because right now, politicians and other public figures, because right now people don't really have incentives to tell the truth. <laughs> they have incentives to lie, because they can get away with lies, and politicians and other public figures who lie – can win out over those who are more truth-oriented and honesty-oriented. That's just a simple fact of the matter.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you, though, what uh, sure. what kind of an incentive can you provide that would outweigh the incentives that they're already experiencing for telling lies?
2: Yeah, uh, that's, that's what the Pro-Truth Pledge is about. How do you provide those incentives? So there are incentives for people to take the Pro-Truth Pledge and disincentives for people to... Who, are, who took the pro-truth pledge to lie and also disincentives for not taking the pledge. So for the incentives for taking the pro-truth pledge for politicians and other public figures is that we want as many people, ordinary people as possible. The benefits for politicians to take the pledge is to you know, that they get a reputation for taking the pledge and they get a positive reputation So, as well as other public figures. So imagine that the two of you took the pledge you have one world in you know, a world one where Jesse and Brittany took the pledge and world two, where Jesse and Brittany didn't take the pledge now in world one you have an email going out with a paragraph about why you took the pledge and links to all of your shows and social media to all the people who signed up for the pledge so the more people who signed up for the pledge the better it is for everyone because you they have information then the people ordinary citizens get information about who are credible radio hosts to listen to or podcast hosts and also who are credible politicians let's say a politician took the pledge that information goes out to people in a you know once every couple of weeks an update of list of people with a paragraph about why they took the pledge and you two get a bigger audience because people know oh hey uh, now we know these are two people who took the pledge they're credible we can listen to them and the same thing about politicians that they know that the politician is credible and they can listen to these politicians another reason is that there's a strong monitoring mechanism and evaluation mechanism for people who take the pledge so if someone who takes the pledge isn't content violates it and then deliberately deceives they will get significantly penalized which we can talk about in a bit but basically the longer you are on the pledge without being penalized, without being in contempt of the pledge, the more of a reputation for credibility and honesty you develop.
1: So does taking the pledge enter you into this community of people who can monitor what you share? Or is yes. it similar to being on a on a social network? Because I see people share misinformation all the time. And sometimes I wonder if they, they just don't know any better, right? They don't have the resources to um read things and determine fact from fiction. So how, how do you address that issue?
2: Sure. So the Pro Truth Pledge has, if you if uh, your audience goes to protruthpledge.org, it has a list of 13 behaviors. So we have researched as part of the behavioral science on this topic, we have researched truth-oriented behaviors. What kind of behaviors are more most associated with the truth? We're not giving you, you know, there's no, you know, definitive truth. We're not saying this is the true thing. We're saying engage in these truth-oriented behaviors. So things like verify. Before I share information, I'll make a reasonable effort to ensure it is true. For instance, by using reliable fact-checking websites or evaluating the scientific consensus on the topic. Source. I will share my sources, providing a way for others to verify my information. So if a person commits to these things, if a person takes a pledge, research shows that people who take a pledge of similar sorts are much more likely to abide by it. Now, this is for private citizens. I'll give you an example for where this research is done. So if you have universities with honor codes, which students take, students who take those honor codes are much more likely uh, to engage in more academic honesty and less academic dishonesty than students who don't take the honor codes. Uh, so, this is, I mean, there's been research just demonstrating this, in the amount of cheating that goes on to universities. So, you are, as a private citizen, you are much more likely to be honest if you take the pledge. Now, you also know that other private citizens who take the pledge are much more likely to be honest. So that's kind of a couple of things. That's internal motivation. External motivation is that we strongly encourage people, private citizens who take the pledge to make a public post about this on their Facebook, their email and so on. And that enables people to have that external motivation so that they are being publicly monitored by people who know on their Facebook and other social media and Twitter that they took the pro-truth pledge. So that's for ordinary citizens. So we're not gonna talk about this is not about public figures. So public figures have a different sort of mechanism of evaluation. But this is for sense.
0: So hang on, but, but before we get to the public figures, because I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm fascinated by that. So sure. so you have a, a mechanism in place, a system in place on, I'm assuming a website where people mm-hmm. can report the the untruthful activity of of their cohort. Is that how it works?
2: No, not for ordinary citizens. That's only for public figures. For ordinary citizens, we don't. We have the combination of internal motivation, right? So when people take the pledge, and external motivations. So they're just they on the, their,
0: they're on the honor system.
2: They are essentially on the honor system, as informed by behavioral science. Now, this is not a simple honor system because the pledge spreads mainly through social networks. So. When a friend of yours takes the pledge and they post it about it on Facebook, that makes you more likely to take the pledge. And then you post it about it on Facebook. Now, your friend is now monitoring you and you're monitoring your friend. So it's a, not a simple internal honor system. It's a system where people who are in social networks monitor each other right, right. and keep each other honest. So that is a way that you can trust other people who took the Pro Truth Pledge more than you would trust someone who did not take the Pro Truth Pledge, and the Pro Truth Pledge asks you to call out other people who took the Pro Truth Pledge, especially but also people who didn't for lies and deceptions. Okay.
0: So let, let me. I want to address one more thing about the the sure. civilians in in the yes. in the Pro Truth before we move on to you know assholes assholes like Donald Trump or 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 Jason Chaffetz and mm-hmm. or devin nunez for that matter uh yep. l- let's say truth though in this day and age for instance you know i i have a youtube channel and i i believe that i'm 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 armed with the most up to date the most accurate information relative to politics and policy and decision making but there's a contingent out there that believes i'm a liar
1: and spreading misinformation and
0: they're spreading misinformation mm-hmm. so by what standard if people were to take this pledge, I have many people who are connected to me on my social network who think that I am a charlatan who is destroying <laughs> America with his yes. liberal claptrap. So, right. how do you establish what is the reputable fact-checking websites? How do you establish the, you know, the the, the standard, the clarion for truth?
2: yes so that is on the Pro Truth pledge website at ProTruthPledge.org as part of the first question and there's a section called what was considered misinformation so there's you know some things that are clear lies that everyone republicans democrats would agree you know 2 plus 2 equals 4 not 3 uh, stuff like that uh, that's a clear thing now about fact checking websites that's a second aspect of what we consider so the first aspect is you know clear lies second aspect is fact checking websites What we decided to do in order to, because we don't have the resources of evaluating all the fact checking websites out there, we decided to outsource that work to Facebook. (laughs) Right, right. So Facebook has a monitoring mechanism to address fake news. And Facebook has a huge financial interest in making sure that the websites it works with are the most credible, high quality websites out there. And they have lots of resources to evaluate these websites. So we just decided to go with whatever fa- websites that Facebook evaluates as credible. Those are the only websites we will consider credible for the purpose of the Pro-Truth Pledge fact-checking websites. So right now, um, as of you know this time of April twenty-six, the credible fact-checking websites considered credible by Facebook, includes Snopes, PolitiFact, ABC News, and Mm factcheck.org. So those are the websites that we're going with. If Facebook adds more, we'll add more. If Facebook takes some away, we'll take those away. So that's the second standard. And the third standard is the scientific consensus. Science is the best way that we as human beings have of figuring out the truth about the physical reality of the world out there. What are the actual facts of reality as observable by our senses? And so we're going with a scientific consensus as a third one. So if someone says something like, oh, you know, vaccines cause autism, that's going to be considered a, vi- a violation of the Pro-Truth Pledge. And if someone says something like, you know, climate change is not caused by human beings, that's going to be considered a violation of the Pro-Truth Pledge because both of those things, extensive scientific studies have shown to be false.
1: So I have spent uh, a fair amount of time Debating people on the internet. <laughs> and uh, there's,
2: someone, there's someone wrong on the internet. Oh, no.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and there's misinformation all the time. And there's, sure. in fact, I just saw someone share something unfortunate about climate change that does not yeah. align with the scientific consensus. And yeah. this just seems like such a a huge problem, especially when you factor in people's biases and their allegiance to their political affiliation and resistance to accepting any information that is outside of their worldview. So... Mm-hmm. Even with a uh, Snopes as a fact-checking website, there's many people who believe Snopes is controlled by liberals and cannot be trusted. And maybe
0: maybe they're on the George Soros payroll too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and they right there's people that develop these conspiracy theories surrounding these sure. things in order to support their worldview that these resources that are countering their worldview cannot be trusted. So, yeah. h- what do you know about breaking through that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: So that's when that's why we decided, and I know that this is an issue, people, it's easy to consider something that goes against your worldview as biased and say that. That's why we decided to go with a neutral, just very financially interested observer, which is Facebook. Facebook has a strong interest, financial interest, in making sure that both liberals and conservatives use Facebook, right?
1: Right. <laughs> yes.
2: So Facebook has thus evaluated very stringently the websites that it considers as credible in its fact checking reliance on which it will use for its new uh, fake news detection program and so you just go to say you know you're not the one who decided this Facebook has a lot of money invested in this and Facebook it has decided that these are credible fact-checking websites therefore I'm just going with Facebook I'm not going to say he said she said whoever whatever this is just the standard that i'm going with so just having that taking it off you and putting it on something else that is much more credible rather than saying i think snopes is good or i think snopes is bad saying that well okay if if facebook says that this is good facebook has a lot of money invested in making sure it's good so therefore i will go with snopes as a credible
0: so so source. is it listen is it is it is it safe to say that you're not going after the Alex Jones InfoWars.com audience.
2: Oh yes, it's safe to say that unless uh, there are people in the audience who are
0: misinformed
2: about what the truth is and they really want the truth, then I'm not we're not going after them.
0: <laughs> right. They're I mean they're fucking nutters. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't have to agree. Let's just just wink at me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, wing wink, wink done. <laughs> so yes. so let's get to the politicians. What kind sure. of what kind of um incentives can you provide them that would outweigh what they're already receiving in the way of you know, support and re-election after election after election after election?
2: Yeah. So here we go, we can go to the frequently asked questions on section if you are an elected or appointed public official. So it's the third section, what are the rewards for taking the pledge if you're an elected or appointed public official. So elected or appointed public officials need to be perceived as trustworthy by citizens. And the approach of pledge essentially provides them with that credibility due to the presence of the monitoring mechanism. So because there is a strong monitoring mechanism for everything that the politician says, the people who did take the pro-truth pledge are going to be perceived as more credible by citizens, are more trustworthy than those who didn't. That's one. Second, they get more exposure to an audience of people who cares about the truth. So let's say, you know, you have a politician who wants to be the presidential candidate. And we have, let's say... You know, we're just launching the Pro Truth Pledge, but hopefully by the time of the, um, you know, the 2020 election, we'll have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people signed up. Now, we have an email that goes out bi-weekly every two weeks, to those people, and that politician gets to have her statement about why she took the Pro Truth Pledge, and her links to her websites and her fundraising page, and so on in the pro-truth pledge so it goes out to a lot of people so they get both more exposure and they get a reputation for honesty. now for public officials for elected not appointed so politicians there's another benefit in that if their opponents don't take the pro-truth pledge they get to slam their opponents (laughs) they get to say well what's what's my opponent lying about why is uh, he not willing to take the the pro-truth pledge so that is another benefit yeah. for a politician. So that's a strong weapon. And that's something you know, I talked about with politicians who took the approach truth pledge who are eager to use that, especially candidates who are facing, you know, established politicians.
0: i I think that that right there that might be the linchpin in its effectiveness. let me let me take a stab here, take a guess. I don't know if you're tracking political affiliation relative to your membership. um but my my guess would be that you, you've attracted more liberals and Democrats than you have the other side at this point. Is that correct?
2: Oh, it's absolutely the case because there are a number of Republicans who do things like climate change denial. There are very few Democrats who do climate change denial. Now, climate change denial, by definition, takes you out of the pool of people who can take the pledge. Or let's say if you endorse homosexual conversion therapy, that takes you out of the pool of people who can take the pledge or uh, on the Democrat side, there's there are a few, po- there are a few Democratic politicians, like a, a small proportion, who believe, let's say, that vaccines cause autism, and That takes them out of the pro- population of people who can take the pro-truth pledge. But just the scientific consensus thing takes way more Republicans out of the population who can take the pro-truth pledge than Democrats.
1: Although liberals do go against the scientific consensus at certain points on issues like GMOs or nuclear yes. energy, those kinds of things. Vaccines yeah.
0: oftentimes. Right.
1: So they, they right. can be contemptuous of science <laughs> yes.
0: as well. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that, that's, why,
2: that's why I was giving the example of the Democrats who are vaccine, who have that you know weird things about vaccine or GMO that they would be taken out of the population could well, take the pro
0: truth pledge. Well, mm-hmm. do you do you have concerns that you might just be cuz if listen if you can't recruit a broad cross section of political ideologies into into the pro truth truth pledge goddamn the pro truth pledge at mm-hmm. protruthpledge.org mm-hmm. <laughs> There you go. If you can't get that uh, that political cross section then all you're doing is creating a pro truth Pledge within the Democratic Party, and you're not holding the other side accountable when it comes to general elections.
2: No, well, no, we're actually getting some moderate Republicans to sign the Pro Truth Pledge, who are not uh, really you know extremists and who understand that science is what we want to orient toward. The Pro Truth Pledge is about at heart being oriented toward the truth. Now, if you have more Republicans who lie, that's and they the Pro Truth Pledge causes our society to face that then that's fine I don't have a problem with that now the pro-truth pledge is a really science based strategy it's completely nonpartisan. so people who take it can very well take it and they can be of any uh, side of the aisle as long as they orient toward the truth so let's say people like McCain can take the pro-truth pledge and other people can take the pro-truth pledge who are you know, reasonable Republicans. There are plenty of those around. Now, if they are going to be a conservative ideologue who believes that climate change is not happening due to you know climate change caused by humans, anthropogenic climate change is not happening, then that's out of my hands, you know? I'm, I'm not going to tell them that they have to take the pro-truth pledge. They don't, but then they can't say that they're telling the truth.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. So, so so let's talk a little bit about politicians who lie and you know obviously we we know their motivation for lying because you know they're going to gain something from it they're going to get elected they're going to garner the support of their the unwashed masses who follow them in a cult like fashion um what are some of the dangers other than bad policy that a society can face from you know a politician and his lies like Donald Trump
2: Sure. So, if you have a politician who wins by lying, there are a number of really bad problems. So, Donald Trump won. He used a lot of lies and deceptions to win. Other politicians are going to follow his example. And we already see that happening. And that is creating a culture that's the post-truth politics culture, where our politics is just characterized by lies and deceptions winning out. Now, for people like me and you two who care about truth that is a problem all in and of itself you know that's that's a big problem for people who don't have inherent motivation toward the truth i talk about we talk about a couple of other big problems that they do tend to care about so one is corruption so corruption by government officials has been shown to be the biggest fear of americans bigger than terrorism bigger than snakes bigger than public speaking Something like 60% of Americans are afraid of government corruption. Now, what happens when you have politicians who win by lying? Well, you don't know whether they're corrupt or not. You right. know, you have to, they can just be lying about whether they're corrupt or not, and they can be stuffing their pockets with your taxpayer money, and they can also be colluding with big businesses and getting bribes from them. And you'll never know, because you, when, they, when a journalist finds information they're corrupt, they'll just attack the journalists. And therefore, and if they're effectively able to appeal to the audience, they can win by telling the biggest lie and the most effective one. That's a huge problem. Corruption. And that has been the case in a number of other countries that have gone further toward post-truth politics than America has, such as Russia. We can talk about that later.
1: It seems like Another, the yeah. the statistic that you cited there, that it would be a conservative is most fearful of liberal corruption. Right or lib- no, a liberal would be most fearful of conservative corruption because with all this Russia stuff that's coming out about Donald Trump, the base is still defending him. Right, whereas if this was Hillary Clinton, there would be sure. a, a a big problem here. Right, so a lot of this is motivated by polarization.
2: There is that, but in general, the fear is of government corruption. So the general fear now. There's a difference between. Oh, you know, the guy I voted for in love, you know, maybe he's a little corrupt. Oh, well, (laughs) you know, that's (laughs) that's a sort of a different perspective. But the fear is there of just general government corruption. So if you say generic politician or generic, you know, appointed official being corrupt, that's a big fear for people. Hmm. So generically. So if you if you imagine a system where you don't know who is elected, you know, is it going to be your guy or is it going to be, you know, The other person's woman, they would not want that person to be corrupt. Mm -hmm. And if you present it to them saying that this post-true politics lies in deceptions in politics, will will pretty inevitably lead to a much higher degree of corruption. That's going to be a problem for them, and they would agree that this is a problem. So that's one. The other one is authoritarianism. Now, if people can win by lying and deception, then they can keep power that way. So imagine, you know, we have Donald Trump, right? He said in October 2016, when he was losing, when it looked like he was losing, that all the elections are all rigged, you know, they're all against me. And so not really, basically undermining trust in American election system. After the elections, he said that he won the popular vote, even though Hillary Clinton widened the popular vote by nearly three million. And so he claimed that there are so many abuses and so on, despite being called out by members of his own party, Mitch McConnell called him out on it, Paul Ryan called him out on it, John McCain called him out on it. There's no evidence for massive voter fraud. He said that there was massive voter fraud of three to five million, and once he got into power, he launched an investigation of this massive voter fraud, which still hasn't found anything, but it's been going on for a few months now. But it's he's using the powers, the judiciary powers of the presidency to investigate the supposed voter fraud. He also has an attorney general whose best known account, one of his best known accomplishments is suppression of minority voters, African-American minority voters by Jeff Sessions, and promotion of the widespread idea of massive voter fraud, which does not occur. Now, imagine 2020. How likely is it if Donald Trump loses that he would actually step off quietly into the, you know, whatever whatever he came from.
0: <laughs> Let's yeah, not right.
2: use negative words here. So whatever he came from.
0: Wait, wait, what? don't use negative words. You're clearly <laughs> you're clearly not a listener of the show, Gleb. Come on, brother.
1: <laughs> so so, so Jeff whatever...
0: or or Donald Trump if he doesn't step away. Right. Which uh, is, I think is so... a fear of people on the left. Oh yes, I think it's a
2: there's a very significant likelihood that if he loses, he'll claim that oh, my opponent received millions of illegal votes and he'll have his attorney general trump up some fake, uh, you know, investigative, you know, whatever, fake information, fake evidence of voter fraud and uh, he might try to retain power. And that, he will be able to do that if enough of his base believe him and go out on the streets and chant, you know, we want Trump, we want Trump. And they can get some of the delegates who go to the convention to vote for, you know, the electoral college to vote for him. And because he would say there's massive voter fraud and he would keep power that way. And that's the way that authoritarianism would occur in the United States. And in 2020, 2024, he would pass power to his chosen successor that way. I mean, that's essentially what happened in Russia. Russia was a pretty democratic country in the mid 1990s, had freedom of speech, freedom of the media, Putin came in, he started attacking the media he started messing with the electoral process and he just made it into an authoritarian country
0: well so. i think i think a, a direct comparison between the situation in russia in the, in the mid to late 90s it, and you would obviously know far more about this than i but you you had i mean the economy was in goddamn shambles under boris yeltsin and mm-hmm. And I don't know how you, what you feel about the subject, but there were apartment bombings all over Russia that sure. a lot of people believe were at the hands of Vladimir Putin in nineteen late right. 98, 99, which right. propelled, because of paranoia from Chechen rebels that may or may <laughs> not have bombed the apartment complexes, that is what propelled an unknown former mayor of St. Petersburg, Vladimir Putin, into the presidency, and also the That's fact right. that he... He dismissed any investigations against the corrupt Boris Yeltsin. As soon, you know, he pulled the old uh, Gerald Ford, like with Richard yes. Nixon. So, but I, so I don't, I don't know that I agree with you about the comparison because there are pretty steadfast constitutional protections relative to um, term limits on presidents, and we've got a system in place. So,
2: well, I don't know. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Now, uh, do you hear what I'm saying about him using? Uh, I mean, let me say it this way. We as Americans are very used to not having authoritarian dictators take over power. Yes. <laughs> but in plenty of other countries in Spain, in Germany, in Italy, in Russia, right now in Turkey, major countries, large countries. Authoritarian dictators have taken over power from from democracies, and they have come from the same origins that Donald Trump has, a populist who comes from below, who has a mass grassroots support, who goes against the establishment, who says that he is the only one that people can trust, and he attacks the media, they attack the media, they mess with the electoral process, and that often leads to authoritarian takeovers now it doesn't always lead to authoritarian takeovers but of all the situations that occur you know this is characteristic of a situation that would lead to an authoritarian takeover it might or might not
0: no, no, listen, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. And maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm a little Pollyanna. Maybe I'm a little, you know, bright eyed and, and positive about America being the the patriot that I am, Gleb. But I, <laughs> I, and I think it is important, you know, for 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 me and the audience to to be open to the possibility of something as terrible as that happening. But I think it's uh, it's an outside shot.
1: I don't want to speak for you, but I also think that maybe it's possible you feel that way because the other side believed that Obama wouldn't leave the White House. Yeah. And, and these myths were perpetuated about Barack Obama not leaving the White House. And that was really concerning for conservatives. And so... Jesse, you might be feeling this way because <laughs> you don't want to be doing that same thing. You well, don't want to be speaking yes. from your bias. And just because you very much dislike Donald Trump, you you don't want to be coming from that place. Right.
0: Well, listen, also, at the end of uh, Bill Clinton's administration, I was a conservative. I was a a a die to the wool Republican. And I believed because of ridiculous misinformation mm-hmm. uh, that there might be machinations, there might be plans in the work that the fix was in that he was going to try to stay around for a third term. As mm. ridiculous as that is, I really believe that. So I hear that. I was just a fucking dumb guy then.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Jesse, I hear you. Uh, so what I'm pointing toward is actual evidence of things that are similar between Donald Trump and other people who took power that has not happened with obama or bill clinton or bush you know either of the bushes or reagan or others they have not the only one who had some similarities was nixon and there were nixon attacked the media in some yeah. similar ways some different ways but nixon never messed with the electoral process so That, so I am pointing to specific similarities that have been shown by research to be the case between authoritarian dictators who, you know, looking back at their past, this is how they started. Now, if I would make a definitive statement saying that Donald Trump would definitely take power, that would be a slippery slope fallacy. That would say that just because Donald Trump went some way down the slope, he won't necessarily go down the rest of the way. But the fact that he went some way down the slopes, means that he has much less distance to go than let's say Barack Obama would or George Bush would or any other past presidents would
0: yeah well listen uh I would encourage the audience to go out there check out the post truth pledge I'm sorry the pro truth pro truth what in the hell is my problem coffee and cobwebs pro dot org and mm-hmm. check it out I think that this this is uh it's an interesting experiment that you're that you're endeavoring here um what what got you interested in this what's your what's your background
2: my background is in behavioral science i'm a professor at the ohio state university as uh, it's i'm legally obligated to say that The,
0: the <laughs> oh, ohio state ohio, university yes i know it's
2: silly <laughs> i know it's like the new york times in the same way right right so yes uh, so what got me interested was studying people how they made their decisions and how to their decisions went wrong and what are the, all the problems with their decisions so that's what really got me interested so i started researching behavioral science and especially in business and in politics so i do some consulting for companies and improving their internal culture and structure and the selection really pulled me into the political season and seeing how to make our country less fucked up in terms of our decision making in the political sphere. That's always so
0: that's, that's always a good goal to try to make <laughs> our country less fucked up. That's right that's exactly <laughs> that. Well tell me tell me uh, a little bit about the the organization you run intentional insights.
2: Mm-hmm. So the intentional insights, it, the Pro-Truth Pledge is a project of Intentional Insights and at intentionalinsights.org. And it's an organization, volunteer, also it's an all-volunteer organization of hundreds of volunteers around the world, mainly US-focused, but also and we have volunteers in all five continents, I think, on all six continents, except Antarctica, and something like over 30 countries who are committed to spreading rational thinking, truth and reason, wise decision making to a broad audience so behavioral science strategies for doing so and we have people who took the pro truth pledge around the world who care about getting it in their political systems and so that is part of what we do but also things like decision making in politics decision making in finances in everyday life kind of relationships and so on how do you have good decision making there
0: that's awesome well, listen. I think you're doing yeoman's work. I think uh, it's important, and I I wish you well. I I hope that you do achieve the kind of uh, influence. You know, there's powers in num there's power in numbers, and uh, good luck. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, and the more people, the more people take the
2: pledge, the more impact it will have, and the more people monitor and punish politicians. So we have a strong evaluative mechanism for punishing politicians and other public figures who violated the pledge, the better it will be.
1: If people want to find you on Twitter or other social media, where would you like them to find you?
2: So on Twitter, uh, Gleb Cyporski, and the same thing on other social media. The Pro-Truth Pledge is also on Twitter and on Facebook. So we have a Facebook page. And Intentional Insights is at Intent Insights on Twitter and uh, Intentional Insights on
0: Facebook. Awesome. We'll, we'll put all that in the show notes so it's easy to click. We'll also put links to it on the Facebook page. Listen, good luck with what you're doing, Gleb. Uh, Thank you. I'm, I'm into it. Uh, if you ever have anything else going on, you want to come back on and uh, chat about it, we're, we're open. So uh, sure. th- thanks for coming on. Thank, you. Thank you. you. You're welcome. Do you two think you'll take the Pro Truth Pledge? <laughs> I, I want to go through the website. I'm not going to give you a hard yes until I look through the entire thing. But sure. if, 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 it, if it represents just like you said it, and I would expect it would, why would you lie? <laughs> then, then absolutely. Yeah. It's um, Excellent. Well, One, I don't have any worry about being called on. I like being called out. We We make a point when people write emails in or call the show to say, hey, you were wrong. Recently, it was about airline law or something. Like I'm an expert on that. And I, we we read those emails. I don't mind being called out or being fact-checked because I want to be correct.
2: So, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's what I sense. That that's that's your goal. So, yes. Excellent.
0: Yes. So, so, <laughs> so yes, uh, I think there's a 99% chance, <laughs> but, I, but I don't want to lie. <laughs>
2: sure. That's very fair.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, you have cool. an awesome Thank day, you. and we appreciate you coming on.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Jesse and Brittany. It was a pleasure.
0: Wow. Well, it sounds like that guy has uh, <laughs> that's an undertaking.
1: Yeah, it's quite the mission.
0: I do think that it, if it was to take off, and if people really, and I would encourage everybody to go to the website protruthpledge.org and check it out. I am. I didn't want to give him the, the the high sign right away that I was going to do it, but it's very likely I will, and we'll talk about it again on episode 298, because I'm going to decide. But mm. go, go out there and check it out. If, if you like it, if you're into it, sign up. I think it's a movement that is worth for sure exploring, getting behind, because we're all in this together. We Holding one another accountable is a good thing, ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's like I said... When people call in and and call me out on on my shit or, or fact check, generally, that's a good thing. It shouldn't be something that we're resistant to. Yeah. We should be open to new information, correct information, and eschew, if you will, bad information. Yes. So, good for him.
1: Yes. It's definitely a struggle on the internet.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And I... I'm hopeful that this can counter it's just it's so pervasive this problem. It I and, think it bothers
0: you. I have this weird ability to be able to kind of ignore it.
1: Well, here's why it frustrates me. It takes maybe 30 seconds yeah. to do a Google search <laughs> of something right before you share it. And I know that it's really exciting when someone sees something in their newsfeed, and it's like, oh, this is exactly what I believe. This confirms my worldview. I'm going to share it with all my friends. But you need to take a step back, right? And is this true? Yeah. I don't want to share misinformation because there's, there's other people who are going to read it. Well, listen. And y- if they don't understand either then right. then they're going to be misinformed it's it's a domino effect
0: the other thing is is oftentimes when you see something that's too good to be true it's because it's too good to be true right and there's a there's a financial benefit of the person who posted it because clickbait websites make money from trying to get you to share and click their content so it's It's a responsibility of everyone Mm -hmm. to fact check yourself, to provide accurate, truthful information. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. Thank you so much for all of the support, whether it be Patreon or PayPal or shopping on Amazon through the Amazon affiliate link on the website or, you know, rating and review us on iTunes. That is also a help. We, to listen we uh, i really feel like we are on the precipice of something very big and it is it doesn't go unnoticed that you guys are here with us and you're a part of this an intrinsic part of what we do we do what we do for you and because of you three episodes this week plus a bonus episode we got some other stuff lined up relative to bonus content a couple of interviews that are going to be great i think don't know until they happen britney you know just, right i don't know yeah but until until then we'll see you on friday remember we're not going to have a thursday episode because we're doing three episodes this week and we can't wait to be back with you for Brittany page i am jesse dollamore and this has been i doubt it